lining one side of the small alleyway I was hiding in. The wall, which was part of the massive factory complex that dominated a good part of the old West Footscray area, protected me from the worst of the wind, but it didn't do a whole lot against the goddamn rain. If the vamp felt any discomfort about standing in a pothole in the middle of a storm-drenched night, he certainly wasn't showing it. But then, the dead rarely cared about such things. I might have vampire blood running through my veins, but I wasn't dead, and I hated it. Winter in Melbourne was never a joy, but this year we'd had so much rain I was beginning to forget what sunshine looked like. Most wolves were immune to the cold, but I was a half-breed and obviously lacked that particular gene. My feet were icy and I was beginning to lose feeling in several toes, and this despite the fact I was wearing two pairs of thick woolen socks underneath my rubber-heeled shoes, which were not waterproof, no matter what the makers claimed. I should have worn stilettos. My feet would have been no worse off, and I would have felt more at home. And hey, if he happened to spot me, I could have pretended to be nothing more than a bedraggled, desperate hooker. But Jack kept insisting that high heels and my job just didn't go together. Personally, I think he was a little afraid of my shoes. Not so much because of the colour, which admittedly was often outrageous, but because of the nifty wooden heels. Wood and vamps were never an easy mix. I flicked up the collar of my leather jacket and tried to ignore the fat drops of water dribbling down my spine. What I really needed, more than decent-looking shoes, was a hot bath, a seriously large cup of coffee, and a thick steak sandwich, preferably with onions and ketchup. God, my mouth was salivating just thinking about it. Of course, given we were in the middle of this ghost town of factories— None of those things were likely to appear in my immediate future. I thrust wet hair out of my eyes and wished for the umpteenth time that he would just get on with it, whatever it was. Following him might be part of my job as a guardian, but that didn't mean I had to be happy about it. I'd never had much choice about joining the guardian ranks, thanks to the experimental drugs several lunatics had forced into my system and the psychic talents that were developing as a result. It was either stay with the directorate as a guardian so my growing abilities could be monitored and harnessed, or be shipped off to the military with the other unfortunates who had received similar doses of ARC-123. I might not have wanted to be a guardian, but I sure as hell didn't want to be sent to the military. Give me the devil I know any day. I shifted weight from one foot to the other again. What was this piece of dead meat waiting for? He couldn't have sensed me, I was far enough away that he wouldn't hear the beat of my heart or the rush of blood through my veins. He hadn't looked over his shoulder, so he couldn't have spotted me with the infrared of his vampire vision, and bloodsuckers generally didn't have a very keen olfactory sense. So why stand in a puddle in the middle of this abandoned factory complex looking like a little lost soul? Part of me itched to shoot the bastard and just get the whole ordeal over with— but we needed to follow this baby vamp home to discover if he had any nasty surprises hidden in his nest, like other victims, or perhaps even his maker. Because it was unusual for one of the newly turned to survive nine rogue kills without getting himself caught or killed, not without help anyway. The vampire suddenly stepped out of the puddle and began walking down the slight incline, his bare feet slapping noisily against the broken road. The shadows and the night hovered all around him, but he didn't bother cloaking his form. Given the whiteness of his hairy legs and the brightness of his yellow raincoat, that was strange. Though we were in the middle of nowhere. Maybe he figured he was safe. I stepped out of the alleyway. The wind hit full force, 
pushing me sideways for several steps before I regained my balance. I padded across the road and stopped in the shadows again. The rain beat a tattoo against my back, and the water seeping through my coat became a river, making me feel colder than I'd ever dreamed possible. Forget the coffee and the sandwich. What I wanted more than anything right now was to get warm. I pressed the small comlink button that had been inserted into my earlobe just over four months ago. It doubled as a two-way communicator and a tracker, and Jack had not only insisted that I keep it, but that all guardians were to have them from now on. He wanted to be able to find his people at all times, even when not on duty. Which smacked of Big Brother syndrome to me, even if I could understand his reasoning. Guardians didn't grow on trees. Finding vamps with just the right mix of killing instinct and moral sensibilities was difficult, which was why guardian numbers at the directorate still hadn't fully recovered from the eleven we'd lost ten months ago. One of those eleven.